I know it's quite technical, but... <laughs> but it works, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> okay. You're listening to Pin Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Let's talk about Pin. Yeah. Let's talk about Pin. Let's talk about Pin. Welcome to episode three of Pim Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and Pim professionals. I am your host, Thomas Sjöberg, and every second Tuesday we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges. And this is something we want to do for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you're interested in, what guests you would like to have on the show, and maybe if you want to contribute. So you can email us at pimtalk@inriver.com or message us at Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. Uh, today we're going to talk about Pim and print. It's time to have a Pim talk about Pim and print, and today I'm joined by Karen De Bruyne from Indeep and Arthur Hasselblad from Sigma. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So first, I would like to hear a little bit about you. I know that you are two Pim and print veterans here, and. Uh, Karen, you, I think you only work with uh, PIM and print, right? Could you, could you maybe talk a little bit about yourself and, and what you're doing? Yes, yes, of course. So um, I have my own company, Indeep. We are based in Belgium and we actually only focus, uh, we only focus on print. Uh, so we work with InRiver Print as a software and uh, we also work with Easy Catalog. So we, we have two softwares when it comes to print. Um, I, I actually got to know InRiver... Oh, I have to. I have to think now. I think it's about eight or nine years ago when we were working on the ITW uh, project. That was actually my former uh, employer. And uh, when when the project stopped, I liked InRiver Print so much that I asked what I could do to to work more with it. So we we got certain certifications, and right now, yeah, we are here to help out uh, partners and customers of InRiver when it comes to print issues. So and not only in Belgium, of course, but we do it. Uh, yeah, let's say worldwide. <laughs> so we go to we go to Sweden, Finland, UK, whatever. Where there is a problem, we come to the rescue. Okay, and Arthur, you you work for Sigma, one of our largest implementation partners. Uh, could you tell a little bit more about yourself and and uh, what you are doing at Sigma? Yeah, uh, I at Sigma work as a business analyst. It's a like a very wide role. I work with a lot of stuff that has to do with e-commerce, PIM, requirement analysis, um, implementation, uh, key account management. And I think that I have a story similar to Karen. I started to work working with the InRiver PIM at the customer actually 10 years ago. And I fell in love with InRiver Print and in with PIM in general. So I started to do some consulting after that, and I ended up at Sigma after working, having worked at Brightstep for, I think, one or two years. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. And we do a lot of things that's connected to PIM. It could be e-commerce, but it could also be just print-specific. Okay. Do you guys know each other? Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Have you been working on the same cases as, uh, I mean, either helping each other out or as competitors or how does it work? 
I think both. I think Karen, we 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 got to know each other. I think it's six years ago now. Yeah. We yes. worked on a on a uh, project together, and uh, since then we've kept in touch. And today we are today we are both friends and competitors uh, <laughs> in in some areas. But uh, it's it's a it's a very small universe when it comes to to this kind of skill set. So. Yeah, I, I prefer that you say we are friends, Arthur. Yeah, we are, we are friends. <laughs> yeah, so, so let's see after this pin talk if you you still are. <laughs> no, but this is a friendly environment. So the reason that I wanted to have you on the show that is, um, I mean, I have found that there is a lot of questions regarding how to work with PIM and print. And there is also... Um, maybe not that much competence uh, out there around this. So uh, I think it's a great opportunity to have you here on the show. It's e-commerce that basically drives the main demands for PIM. And sometimes you forget about print, but when I I looked a little bit uh, about our customers, at least one third of our customer base work with with print in some way, uh, or at least do it uh, in conjunction with their their PIM solution. So isn't print dead or well i would surely not say that 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 print is dead uh, we, we do notice in the omnichannel world that a lot of companies give the preference to to web and e-commerce but still if you look at the buying process uh catalogs and printed material is still is still very important certainly if you look for example at, at retailers or companies that that uh, produce their own products uh, they, they still heavily uh, rely on print okay uh, and Arthur, what, what do you would say? What kind of companies is the most print-heavy users? Would you say? I think it's. You know, if I look today, I have customers within retail. I have customers within manufacturing, for example. And I think that print has a role today, where you had this idea of having a buying like a catalog of some sorts for their own organization or end customer in terms of what you're able to buy or how the different parts should be fitted together. And it's pretty hard to translate it into digital organization-wise. It's it's still a kind of culture and mentality that we'll see will live um, for, for a long time. Uh, so print is absolutely not dead, but it's changing. It's more dynamic. It's more targeted. It's more personalized. So it's 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 an, a very important cornerstone of uh, uh, marketing and information today. I mean, if you look at companies and how they work, uh, I mean, there's usually maybe a big digital department that works with the e-commerce and that works with their websites and 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 maybe other digital channels. Are they usually very separated from the teams that are working with print production, or is is it common that they have a lot of you know cooperation in between the, these departments when you come into a new customer, so to speak? I, th- I would say on what what I've seen, it depends on the company very much. What what kind of culture, what kind of, uh, of organization uh, is there today? Is it a, a, do we have common goals when it comes to marketing? Uh, but the, the the skills that are required to do print today are very specific when it comes to to software and processes. So there's often a divide between online and and catalog in in many of the cases I've been in because catalog is slower or print is a bit slower. It's more planning, when online is more dynamic and uh, changing. 
No, that's right. And and what I also notice is that that some companies don't have an in-house print department. Um, they just work with with external agencies that do the design for them, but that also do the production. So we then go and train the the design agencies. Okay. What kind of printed material uh, do we see out there? What what is the the most common things that that um, the companies want to make more efficient or want to secure the quality of, um, would you say? Well, what, what we see is that some companies still have their like big product catalog and price lists, but more and more they, they make focus publications like, like customer or assortment based smaller catalogs. So they, they distribute them instead of have the big catalog once a year, they distribute these smaller catalogs on a regular basis. They can update them very easily because the data is connected to PIM. And then for, for other customers, we, we also make product data sheets or we make labels. So what, what we notice is that when they start using uh, an automated print production, because it's way much faster to make the publications, they very uh, fast see other opportunities of uh, yeah, connecting printed material to the PIM. Okay. And Arthur, what would you say, how does the processes internally change when you start working with print from a PIM perspective? Obviously, you, you have the promise to, that things will go faster and things will be better. That's that's one of the of the promises that that PIM needs to uh, PIM print needs to deliver on. Uh, so we see we see an improvement in the output, for example. Uh, but when it comes to processes that are uh, not uh, directly connected to PIM, like proofing and and stuff like that, I think that's that's something that you need more tools and more help to help the customers. To get better in that, yeah. so I would say today that when you when you come with InRiver Print or any print solution, is that you deliver speed and quality. But you need to educate people very much on how to use the tools, and you need to create help them to create new processes where they are connected end to end, from placing stuff in the catalog to proving things to have things imported into PIM and updating the documents in InDesign. And that's that's like it's always easy in theory, but uh, it's 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 very much change management. And I guess a big change is that instead of maybe doing corrections and so on directly in the InDesign files, uh, you need to change them in the source so the information gets correct everywhere. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true, and well. When one one of the things you need to discuss with the organization you're implementing a printing uh, is uh, ownership of the data. Who who is able and who must need to do the changes in PIM? Who is responsible for the changes? And that's when you get that right, things start moving faster a lot. You all you also see in a lot of companies when when you talked earlier, Arthur, about the proofing process. With, with automating within River Print, they have uh, less steps in the proofing process because they don't need to check the data. If the, if the data is checked and, and the data quality is okay in PIM, then they will know that the data will be correct in their printed material, so they can really remove steps from the proofing process. Yeah, that, so, that's very much about trust. 
like uh, do do we trust the data? And and since since print is not a digital channel in a way, where well, I mean it's a digital tool in design, but the end result is analog. You fool yourself very much to having to rely on backtracking on data and, and uh, trying to understand will this be correct <laughs> in the end when you deal with a catalog of 280 pages. What is the biggest productions you have done in uh, in order of number of pages or complexity or so? Well, we are working right now for the second year on uh, the production of a UK customer of uh, 10k pages. So Whoa. they they yeah they really that's make their that that's a whole <laughs> that's that's a lot yeah no they they really make their complete catalog um, within Riverpin and and yeah it's 10,000 pages. Well. On my side, I think uh, I haven't done catalogs in maybe a year now or so, but we, we have customers, uh, active customers that we're helping out dealing with 22 markets, for example, in both inches and metric and a lot of product brochures. So that amounts to a number of thousands of unique pages. Yeah. So and and the the, the thing there is uh, like in, I think in the same uh, like in Karen's case very much that you need to rely on the uh, on a, a very good mix of automation and and manual. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. come back to that uh, very shortly about how manual and automation how they correlate and when you want to do one or the other. But first, I would like to ask you. Um, so if I am a company. Uh, I've worked with print for many years. I, I might have a quite manual process where I copy and paste information from other documents or from the website or sitting and writing a lot of text directly in the InDesign pages. I get a, a PIM system and I want to do this more efficient. Where do I start? Uh, could you just take me through some of the basic steps that I need to go through in order to, to get a, a process in place where I can make use of the, the power of having a PIM connected to, to my uh, InDesign software. So what, what we most or what we actually always do when, when we have a new project is that we have a kickoff, a kickoff meeting with the customer on site. Uh, we look at the different uh, publications that they have right now and uh, we look at their data model and sometimes when they, when they uh, start with print um, as a second step in the PIM project, so after they, they launched websites or e-commerce uh, sites, uh, we notice sometimes that the marketing model is not appropriate for print. So we first need to analyze, uh, let's say, the documents that they want to create and we analyze the model. And then we can, we can look, okay, what fields do we need? Do we need any customizations or any development on these fields? And we map that out. We, we most of the time do that in a simple Excel file. And then at the end of the workshop, we get an idea of what needs to be done to make their print project work. And then we set up a project planning. Um, we take some, some homework back home uh, in setting up uh, attribute set formatters and so on in the print admin. And uh, yeah, we, we have development going on. And once this is in place, we can start with creating object templates. And then we get back to the customer and they need to validate and check and test uh, and so on. PIM stands for Product Information Management, and InRiver stands for PIM. 
Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. Okay, just to understand here. So what do you actually do in the PIM? What do you do in InDesign? And what do you do in between? You, you mentioned things like attribute sets and object templates. I think that might be um, things that maybe not everyone is familiar with. But... <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no, you, you actually have three steps when you look at the InRiver uh, print process. You, you actually need to set up uh, in uh, the control center, you need to set up what products you want to send out to InDesign. So there is a plan and release app. Uh, it's in the portal, sorry. There is a plan and release app in the portal where you can create publications and sections and you can add products to it because you don't want to send all the products that you have in PIM uh, to your InDesign. So you actually make a, a selection of your product structure in the portal. Okay. Uh, and then in the control center, we choose what fields we want to use because also, again, you don't want to push all the fields uh, to InDesign. You just want to push the fields with the information that you need, like let's just say product name, USPs, uh, some technical data and so on. So in the control center, you, you actually make the, the data structure. And before you push it out to InDesign, you have the possibility to format that data. Uh, just to give you a simple example, if you have dimensions in your uh, output, uh, you would probably like to see a label in front of it, a text variable which says dimensions, double point, and then the data. This is this is stuff that we can handle in that control center, in that print admin. We can also add translations there for, for these dimensions. So we try to, when, when we look at the publication, we try to do as lot, let's say, formatting as we can in that control center. And then when we go to InDesign, it's there where we pull the data into the document and where we do the styling to the data. And in InDesign, we can also create object templates. Uh, these are actually a, the, the templates with the product data that you can reuse for several products uh, in your publication. You can save them to the system. And in InDesign, yeah, it's, it's actually double. In InDesign, you create your object template, and in InDesign, you do actually the production of your publication. So you choose the products that you chose in your plan and release. You choose the object template that you made with the attribute sets from the control center, and you push the information on the page. Okay. I know it's quite technical, but... <laughs> but it works, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> okay, so Arthur, uh, you mentioned a little bit about um, manual or automatic or semi-automatic. So could you tell us a little bit about these different approaches and maybe also give some examples of, of when you will use what approach? Yeah, so like uh, um, everybody wants things to be automated, but... <laughs> there's not always a case for automation. So when you come into a department today, marketing department or catalog department, they want to have this one big red button that just will place everything from PIM onto a page and may, maybe create 20 or 50 pages for them. So that, that's really not how it works. What you need to do is to uh, understand what, what kind of output can be quantified. So if we're doing a catalog, 
and we just need to identify uh, repeatable structures. So if you have um, pages with uh, a lot of similarities, uh, maybe some variation in terms of how the object template or the layout is applied, they just build an automation case around it. So we could just say that based on how we form our structure data output in team, in which order the different products and items and so will come out into InDesign, we could just select the template in InDesign and, and place them automatically. So that's that's what that's one degree of automation that could be used in catalogs, for example. And a catalog is always a mix of semi-automatic and manual, and in some cases also, also automatic. What we try to do when it comes to product brochures and price lists is to automate them uh, entirely or to 99% uh, just by simplifying the layout or uh, cre creating some kind of uh, uh, automation possibility. Okay. Do you always and, have to be in InDesign and pressing the buttons or is there alternative to that? Yeah, of course. We, we, we have the ability to work with InDesign server. And I think for uh, price lists and uh, product brochures and so on, it's a case, of course. And for uh, uh, catalogs where you deal with more than five or ten markets or have a, a, a fixed am a big amount of pages, then we just use InDesign server to help us out with that. Uh, but that's that's a project on its own. And okay. to, to InDesign server, in, it sounds expensive. It, it is, but I mean, what's expensive in that case, if you could just save uh, 1,000 hours by having a server creating uh, a, a thousand pages for a number of markets for you, yeah, of course, Yeah, it's, but, it's, it's a business case. Yeah, what would you say, what is the break point? When is, it, uh, when is it relevant to go in for a fully automated solution, would you say? I would just, I would, I wouldn't base it on the number of markets. Uh, I would, I would base it on on number of publica repeatable publications. Yeah. Uh, if the customer is, uh, if if we're dealing with an enterprise customer or or not, because uh, in that case it's it's much easier to see this scale across different publication in in um, different companies. Uh, yeah. So one. Thing I have heard in many customer testimonials is that they they can really present how much time they save uh, working in in these new ways of of be able to optimize a lot of the print production and also it's not just about the hours that you save but it's also that you can be much faster with the production you can maybe instead of doing one catalog a year you can do four catalogs a year that are smaller you can react quicker to to changes in the market or you can do yeah smaller more more targeted series of, of material have you seen any good examples of how much time you actually can uh, save yeah and that's that's one of the the first things we do or at sigma when we come in and we 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 have a a model similar to Karen's but what 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 we also do in some cases is to help the customer to understand how much time they will save and it's not only about the time it takes for the information to travel from from PIM to to InDesign in many cases you need to incorporate the other processes like uh, images, proving, etc. And what we do is just uh, break it down into pieces. How much time does it, it take for an image to be placed on a page? 
for example. If you have a, if you have six images on a page, how much time does it take to place those six images? And yeah, it's it's fairly detailed, but in in, in many cases, you can just show yeah, we could shave weeks of uh, production just by having this data coming out from one data source or through integration with other data sources and team. Um, we could just have a, a number of different media files being rendered in InDesign. Yeah, and I think that one of the big time savers is also that you can update the information and export publications to other languages just with, with a click of the button. Yeah, we have, I have a customer that's, uh, I think they're like three weeks behind right now because of internal issues and they are starting their production now and they don't worry about not meeting the deadline. So. <laughs> and the, the, the thing is also that you, you you start relying on the system very much, giving you this extra advantage. So, yeah, in many cases, you're just moving the deadlines. Uh, <laughs> so that, that it, sounds good either. I mean, in the PIM, we, we really want to use it for, for uh, holding all this marketing information around our products. But in catalogs and price lists, we, we want to have other uh, maybe sometimes even customer-specific pricing and that kind of data as well. So how do we solve that? Or do we have to put all of that into the PIM, Karen? Oh, no, we don't have to put it all into the PIM. If we talk about the customer-specific catalogs uh, when it comes to pricing, we can create customizations, which are called custom attributes. And these custom attributes can fetch the prices from, let's say, an ERP file or a CSV, CSV file, because we really don't want to maintain the prices for the different customers or different markets in our PIM, because that is already done in ERP. So we really create, we develop an, an, uh, a custom attribute that fetches the correct price for the correct markets. All right. So what would you say is common mistakes that you have seen companies doing when they try to start working with PIM and print? I think it's too much, too fast without having the right skill set. That's, that's one thing. Like, uh, what you need to understand very much is that in, in, uh, you, when you have this system, you still need to have somebody on board to, to use the system. They need to have that knowledge and you don't gain the knowledge in one week. You need to actually have done one production before uh, you're like you're you, you're fulfilling the business case, uh, and then you, you need to, uh, to help the customer to decide what to focus on. So we're not doing all of the publications; we're just using one of the publication, and we maybe not doing the entire publication from PM either. We're just choosing the steps that are available from from start. Okay. Another thing that I'm thinking about, I mean, sometimes you, you get the question, what can we do with web to print more based on HTML templates that generate PDF files? What can we do with InDesign? Um, do you have any thoughts, Karen, of when it's appropriate to use one solution or the other? Well, what, what we see in one customer case, for example, is that uh, product managers need to uh, verify the data, but it's design agencies, for example, making the publications. So instead of always having to ask the design agencies for an output in InDesign and spending time and money on it, they have an HTML output in the Enrich app of the PIM. So they actually created an HTML 
of their uh, object template. And in that way, the uh, product managers are able to verify the data on the HTML template before it's sent out to the printer. That's, that's one user case where they use the HTML output. Another one is just a, a company that wants to have product data sheets and they want their uh, salespeople having them on an iPad uh, when they go to, to the different customers or, or dealers. So there we just work with an HTML output and not with a printed, uh, not with a printed version. Okay. I think there's, there's an aspect also of uh, typography and uh, fine grain detail level on what you want it to be like uh, a PDF and HTML. A uh, PDF from HTML will solve many cases, but when it comes to like uh, just keeping the brand value and uh, working with a bit richer publications, it's still in design. Yeah. So what I would like to finish off with here is to get your best tips either for people that are thinking of starting to work with PIM and Print or Maybe if you have worked with it for a long time, but feel that uh, there might be things that you could improve. So, um, who's first? Arthur, you can start. Yeah, I can start, yeah, but <laughs> I, I think uh, there are a number of things that come to my mind, like when you do content planning, for example, uh, you should, this is something I've been talking a lot to marketing departments and online, you need to remove the, the divide between uh, uh, catalog and online. That's that's one of the things I would say uh, needs to be done. It's not 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 something that you need to think about when you get uh, in River Pim or something like that. You need to do it anyway. So a, a content department that understands the needs in both channels. That's that's mm. one thing. And the second one, just to do an assessment of uh, what kind of people you have on board to, uh, or do you have the best people on board to do the catalog today and what other stuff could they do and uh, what's, who will have the ownership of uh, the solution um, at the customer. I think that that's something that uh, I encounter a lot when I talk about uh, not only in the print but uh, uh, IT solutions overall well, is to find the, the people that will uh, be the system users and understand how to use the software. So, so having those on board from start in a project, it's it's very successful, and uh, being able to keep them over time is equally as important. Yeah, and I would I would also say when you start with a print project, so when you start with with actually with the market model, just keep print in mind from the beginning. Um, because, like I said before, we had it in a, in a couple of projects that the print was not looked at when the model was set up. And then when we come in, we need some model changes and we need to find workarounds to make it work. So I would say keep print in mind uh, from the start that you make your model so that you can eliminate model changes in the further stage of the project. Great. So thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge here about PIM and Print. So Karen, I know that your company, you have built a solution around um, in River and Print. So uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yes, we are We are actually still uh, very much working on it, but we have the MagniSpot connector and MagniSpot is actually a uh, hub that connects in River Print data to Easy Catalog. So when you have a very straightforward uh, publication, let's say in River is still very, very good, of course. But when, when print comes more complex, 
we notice that 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 we lack some stuff like for example if, if people have a lot of editorial data um, in their publication they cannot really put the data on a certain product uh, because it's more about a product group and so on so in in MagniSpot we have the possibility to add images and to add uh, extra text we can combine them to a section we can combine them to a product and we send them out to easy catalog like that uh, if we look at Easy Catalog, if we have to look at the advantages there, uh, we could say that they have a very good table configurator. That's that's one thing. They have out of the box uh, left and right um, uh, layouts. So when you have a left page, the layout looks like this. When you have a right page, it looks like that. So at this moment, we have the connection. We have the data connection ready between InRiver and uh, Easy Catalog through MagniSpot, and we are building uh, the front end right now. So we we will be able to tell some more about that in the future. But if people are interested, they they can always send us an email. It's just uh, info at magnispots.com, and they can subscribe to our newsletter, and we will keep them informed about uh, uh, where we are with the project. Yeah, and it's also featured on the River Marketplace on on our website. Yes, uh, it is. So, so Arthur, do you have anything you want to promote? <laughs> uh, I have a lot of things I would like to promote uh, uh, all the time, but um, I think what's on um, Marketplace as well is uh, Sigma's uh, Golden Record extension. For in the European, and uh, it's it's one of the things that we are very proud of. Uh, we built it together with uh, Dustin, and it solves a lot of practical problems for um, uh, e-commerce when it comes to dealing with thousands of different attributes and concatenating them and just trying to understand which one to show for the user. So. Uh, that's that's one of the things I'd like to promote. And um, I was also thinking about stuff that would be cool to hear about on the podcast. And um, it would be really, really cool to hear about a, a customer within retail that's using uh, InRiver PIM in uh, in-store channels, okay. if, if that's possible, if, if there is uh, such a case. Because I think that's, that's where we are heading right now with... Uh, uh, with PIM solutions. Yeah, we'll look into that. Good suggestion. <laughs> That's all? Hey, we, can, we, can, we can promote a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. So, thank you so much, Karen and Arthur, for sharing all of your knowledge and uh, really happy to have you on the show and looking forward to, to um, continue getting good tips from you. And if you out there has any questions around PIM and print, I mean, please send them in to pimtalk.inriver.com and maybe we can get Arthur or Karen or someone else that is knowledgeable about print to, to answer them for you in the later episode. Thank you very much for the invite. Uh, it was an honor to be in PIM Talk. Thank you. It was super fun. And I think the podcast is a really good idea. Uh... Right. Thanks. All right. Then we are finished. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, for feedback, tips and questions, you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast. And it would be great if you could go to iTunes and give us a good review so we can spread the word more about the podcast. And also please um, give tips to your colleagues and 
customers and other people that might be interested in PimTalk. And if you would like to see some behind the scenes material, bloopers and live streams, you can follow PimTalk on Instagram as well. And if you want to interact with the InRiver community, there are various ways. You could go to community.inriver.com or there is also a Slack channel for um, InRiver consultants that you can participate in. And that is inriverconsultants.slack.com. And uh, see you again in two weeks time. I hope you have a great week. Yeah.